Thank you. Please be seated. The part of the service I enjoy the most is when the preacher says, Let's be seated. I like that. Oh, I'm honored to be here tonight. I've enjoyed uh, the service so much. It's been such a blessing. I tell you, I enjoy great preaching. And uh, Dr. Smith, he was hoeing two rows at a time tonight. He knocked my hat right in the creek. Uh, I thank God for that great sermon. And uh, I just sat there and said, Oh, Pontiac, oh, Pontiac. And uh, I enjoyed the message and the great singing. And what a privilege to be here when Miss Viola Walton is being honored. Sixty-five years. Never known a greater servant of the Lord than Miss Viola Walton. So it's a great honor to be here. Uh, I'm always happy to come to this church because it's such a hospitable church. They know how to take care of people, make people feel welcome, and they know how to be friendly and show love to people. I always enjoy coming here. And I think Dr. Bobby Robertson is one of the greatest men I've ever known. And uh, just thank God for him. And uh, it's a wonderful privilege to be here. I want you to open your Bibles in just a minute uh, to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts. I will celebrate if the Lord tarries and I ta- his coming and I tarry my going. In about two weeks, I'll celebrate my 65th year of preaching the gospel. And I tell you, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, I, I want to preach to you tonight out of the Word of God in Acts chapter 5. You just turned there. I had a strange experience today. I don't think I've ever had it before in my life. And I know you're not interested and you don't care, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. You know, all my ministry, I have just settled on something I'm going to preach, and that's it. And it's just as unchangeable as the law of the Medes and Persians. But I... I've been studying for the last number of hours on something I want to preach on tonight. And so help me. I know you think I'm lying, but this is the truth. When I was walking out the door of my room tonight, the Lord said, that's not the sermon. And I said, well, Lord, you could have told me 12, 15 hours ago. And uh, it'd been a great help to me. But it's not the Lord's fault, of course. And... Uh, the, the Lord changed my mind. You know, I only have about three sermons anyway, but I have lots of titles, so I just move them around on those sermons. And uh, what a joy it is to be here, really. I always think of something silly to say, and uh, I've gotten that over with now, and I want to get a drink of water. Something moving in there. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for letting me come and share a little bit in this great conference, and I'm so happy to be here. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 5, and uh, I'm going to start reading with verse 17, though it's kind of breaking into the end of the Scripture in kind of a uh, critical place, but I want to start reading with verse 17 of Acts chapter 5, and I'm going to read down uh, through verse 33. This is a great, great part of the Bible. And there's a truth here that 
I believe means so much to us tonight. I, I want to preach about it. In verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we'd opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them, whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers, brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name. And behold, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand, to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so it all is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and they took counsel to slay them. Now, I want you to pray with me and pray for me. Our Father, how I thank you tonight for this great gathering of people and for what our ears have heard and our hearts have felt this night already. How we thank you for the Bible and thank you for people that stand true to the Word. And Lord, we are here to be blessed and to be helped and we ask you to help us. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God will help us in, to have ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And Lord, tonight I ask you to help me to preach. Give me physical strength. But most of all, Lord, fill me with thy Holy Spirit. I beg of thee uh, to preach the Word of God tonight. And I pray you bless these dear people. And may this meeting not be in vain. May what's been done and what's yet to come Lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, and may he be honored tonight. And Lord, we pray you'll help us and bless us 
and teach us and show us from thy blessed truth. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take for text tonight, verse 29 of Acts chapter 5. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And I want to speak to you tonight, God helping me from that text. We ought to obey God rather than man. And you know, I thank God tonight for what, what is uh, set forth in this great chapter. In fact, the first five chapters of the book of Acts, of course, there's, there's uh, one chapter about Pentecost where 3,000 people were saved and baptized. But in chapter 3, there was uh, one man, one soul, for whom Jesus died. There came two men, found him at the gate of the, the gate beautiful, and uh, undertook to win him to Christ, and they did. And he had his little cup in his hand, begging for gold, but what he really needed was God. And uh, Peter said to him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And this man leaped to his feet. He'd never walked before. He'd never heard about Jesus before. He'd heard about religion. He'd heard a lot of things, but he'd never had two people come who loved his soul and wanted to see him saved. And that man got saved and was leaping and rejoicing and praising God. You know, it, it, I think it's good to praise God that you're saved. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. And I'm glad that God is interested in one soul. And in the first five chapters of the book of Acts, there are more said about one man getting saved than there is said about 3,000 souls being saved. Of course, that's better. That's greater. Thank God for everyone. But uh, again and again, uh, two imprisonments because of this man. Twice God's people were thrown in jail and persecuted for winning a man to Christ. And there are two sermons preached about it in, in this part of the book of Acts. Oh, God made a great thing in the Bible, in the holy inspired Word of God. God made a great thing out of one person being saved. And you know, we've, we've learned, you and I have, to see some one person saved who has won thousands to Christ. But the much is made of this one man being saved. And they came to the Christians more than once and said, Speak no more in this name. We don't want to hear any more. See, these are Sadducees. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in angels. And we still have Sadducees today. They don't believe in miracles. A lot of them don't believe in the miracle of regeneration, being born again. And uh, they said, speak no more in this name. But you know, we talk about rights and human rights and the Bill of Rights. I don't tell you, God in His Word has given us some rights. And they just simply said, uh, we must obey God rather than man. And I believe locked up in this verse is some great truth that we need to take to heart tonight. We ought to obey God rather than man. You know, I thank God I have known about 
and I've known personally some people that believed in obeying God rather than man. I think tonight of some people, oh, I, I like to think of Martin Luther. I know he wasn't an independent Baptist then, but I'm sure that he is now. But um, I think of Martin Luther. You know, Martin Luther, Catholic monk. Um, he, he was like a lot of folks have done for hundreds and hundreds of years, was climbing the sacred stairs, so-called, in the city of Rome. But, he, you know, he'd been reading the book of Romans. You better watch out. When you read the Bible, God may change your directions. And um, uh, Martin Luther was reading about them uh, in the book of Romans, and he came to the expression, the just shall live by faith. And as it's been told, he was climbing those 28 stairs called the sacred scala. And about midway up, it dawned on him, the just shall live by faith. And he ceased the stair climbing and believed in the Lord as his personal Savior. And uh, how many have been turned from falsehood to truth, uh, from Satan to Christ, because one man finally decided... It's better to obey God than it is to obey man. I thank God for people that believe in obeying God rather than man. I like the story of William Booth. Now, I don't. the Salvation Army has become a social uh, 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 a matter. But the, there was a day, uh, one day, this man, a preacher, just like you preachers you hear in this service tonight, walked through the slums of London. He saw the people that needed to be saved, about whom no one else cared whether they ever got saved or not. You know, that's never changing much. A lot of people looking for the bankers and lawyers, the affluent people and so forth. But what about the people down in the slums? And what about the people in the gutter? And, and this, uh, this man, William Booth, saw them. And God spoke to his heart. You know, I thank God that God is still speaking to people's hearts about reaching people for Christ about whom no one else cares. And William Booth said, I'm going to resign my church. I'm going to get out of this denomination. And by the way, what I'm talking about in denomination, there's nothing said in the Bible about denominations. Amen? Now, don't, don't, yes, don't get, don't get mad. But there's nothing said in the Bible about denominations. The only tie between churches is the tie of fellowship. Not some hierarchy and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, William Booth said, I'm going to resign my church. I'm, I'm going. I see these people laying in these gutters and they're dying without God and without hope and going to hell. I'm going to give my life to winning them to Christ. And they brought William Booth like a criminal. Stood him down there, this ecclesiastical hierarchy, and they said, William Booth, will you do what we tell you to do? Little wife was sitting up there in the balcony. She got out her little hanky, and she called out to him, William, got his attention and waved it and said, Say no, William. And William said, No, I'm going to follow God. You know, I believe that's good. It's better to obey God than man. I feel sorry for the preachers in this country tonight that obey man instead of God. 
it's better to obey God. Oh, it might cost you something, but it'll turn out right. And the other way, it'll always turn out wrong. We ought to obey God rather than man. As a result, William Booth saying, I'm going to follow God no matter what the cost. I'm going to obey God. The sidewalks of the world became altars for people to come and kneel. And thousands and thousands of people were saved. Oh, thank God there's some people that believe that you ought to obey God rather than man. I, I think of people uh, like uh, Daniel. You know, Daniel was um, got in trouble for praying. A prayer, prayer has been found on in this country. We took prayer out of the schools, and we put sex education in instead of it. We took the Ten Commandments off the walls of our public buildings, and our young people are killing one another all over the world. Now listen, I, I believe it's better to obey God than, than to obey man. And um, I, I thank God for people like Daniel. Daniel prayed. You know, he had the habit of prayer. Uh, he had the, the breath of prayer going always to God. It's always somebody jealous of, of, of you if, you if you get a little further than they do. And the people in the, in the kingdom, some of them were jealous of Daniel. He, he had such wisdom from God, and he was so faithful to God, and he represented God, and he, he stood for the truth, and uh, he got promoted. They said uh, to the king, he's over there in this room praying, got the window open toward Jerusalem. That's because he believed the Bible. God said, if from any land you, you pray, look toward the, the temple and the holy of holies, uh, I'll, I'll answer you. I'll hear you, no matter where you are. And he prayed. And uh, they came one day and took him and arrested him. A preacher uh, who attends our church, uh, who, who is a preacher, was arrested in our city for giving out tracts. You know, we have a right. We ought to obey God rather than man. It's got so now, you can't build a church uh, in, in most cities in America without permission from some, uh, some city official body. You can't build a church where you want to. But we ought to obey God rather than man. I'd rather be in jail than obey God and be out of it and disobedient to Him. And uh, uh, old Daniel, they put him in the lion's den. I, it, it, a lot of folks think it's a children's story. But when you, when you read things in the Bible, don't think of it just as a story in the Bible. Think of it as being pertinent to the day. And uh, uh, the king threw old Daniel down in the lion's den, and uh, those, old, those lions all of a sudden begin to say, You know, I'm not hungry, are you? And Daniel lay there and slept, probably made a pillow out of one of those lines. You know, God always takes care of people who obey God rather than man. The next morning the king came, and the ones who wouldn't obey God, they threw them in, and the lions had changed their minds and decided they were hungry, and they ate them all up. Praise the Lord! Oh, yes, the Bible says we must obey God rather than man. I like, I like Paul. Paul obeyed God. Why, when at Lystra he was stoned to death, 
And nothing ever happened like that in the world. Stoned him to death and, and left him as dead. And the disciples stood over him and wept. And, and just before they were to pull him out to the city dump, he rose up and stood up and started walking. And they said, where are you going, Paul? Back into Lystra. Because it's better to obey God than it is to obey man. I like people that obey the Lord. I like what I read about even our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Listen, God wants people who are obedient to him. We must obey God rather than man. I want to say to you, first of all, I believe it's right to obey God in our Christian service. What we're doing in the name of the Lord, we ought to, we ought to obey God in every sense of the word. Why, well, I think of old Saul, the first king of Israel. Samuel the prophet said, Saul, the Amalekites represent the flesh. God, God save us from a nation that's turned to the flesh rather than to the Spirit and to the Word of God. And, and, and Samuel said to Saul, I want you to go and say all the Amalekites and the king and every, every human being, they represent the carnal flesh of the world, and we want, I want them slain. Take nothing. Go do what I tell you to do. And Saul went out and came back. And the Bible said, someone said, what means the bleeding of these sheep? Oh, he said, I, I think I know something better than God. Had to kill all these fat sheep that could be used for sacrifice. And he, he brought the king back so uh, he could look good, uh, overcoming the king. And he took spoil and he disobeyed God. And you know what Samuel, God's prophet, said to him? God hath rejected thee. God hath rejected thee because you haven't obeyed God. And I tell you, we need, we need today to come to the place where we believe that a great thing in our life should be to obey God. You know what God says. Our churches are filled with people. Our independent Baptist church is filled with people that are not obeying God. God says get out on the street and go win people to Christ. God says be faithful to the house of God. Be true to the Word of God. But there are a lot of people not obeying God. Thank God for some Christians who said we must obey God rather than man. I like a story I read when I, I was first started in the ministry. A little story about a man who had a vacant whole block vacant and he was going to build something on it and he needed to hire somebody to supervise the whole thing. He put a pile of bricks in a wheelbarrow out there. The story goes, and he, he had applicants come who wanted that job. He said to them one after another, load these bricks in this wheelbarrow, take them down to the end of this lot and dump them out, and bring the wheelbarrow back, and come back here and, and, and talk to me. So the man, man did that. And the, the man who wanted to hire somebody said, Now, take the wheelbarrow back down there, load up all the bricks, bring them back up here, and uh, un unload them, and come talk to me. One after another, they said, 
Uh, I'm not going to waste my time taking them down there, bringing them back here. I'm not going to wear these bricks out, just hauling them back and forth. But an old boy came along, and he said to him, Take these bricks down there and unload them and bring back the wheelbarrow and talk to me. And the man said to him, Do it again. So this old boy said, Whatever you say, you're the boss. And he went down and back and down and back. And finally the man said, Come in here, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to do some big things here. And I need a man that will obey and do exactly what I say. You know, I think God feels that way. Uh, it, it, we must obey God rather than man. You know, a lot of people today, the, the sword of the Lord has always uh, talked about soul winning and revival from the first time I ever heard of it. But as I think about it, a lot is said about separation in, in uh, the sword of the Lord meetings. Always took that stand. Separation. You know, a lot of people are not obeying God. I'll tell you, if you're mixed up with some crowd that's got some offbeat version of the Bible, you're not obeying God. If you're mixed up with some crowd that's compromising and the schools do not stand for the infallibility and the inerrancy of the Word of God, you're disobeying God. I believe God's people ought to obey God rather than man. You know, the trouble a lot of people is they, they do what Paul said he didn't do. Paul said uh, uh, yeah, when, he, when he got saved, God revealed unto him that the Lord was going to use him uh, to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And he said immediately, I don't know why it's put this way, but that's what he said. He said immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Listen, you better not listen to these folks that say we ought to all get together. I, I, don't, I don't think that's in the Bible. Uh, don't listen to these folks say, well, you know, we're all going to the same place. No, we're not. Uh, don't, you, 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 you best not listen to those. You better listen to God. When I was a 19-year-old boy, got saved nearly 65 years ago and was called to preach, we had in the... In the Methodist Church, I say it in the Methodist Church. Now, don't hold that against me. Some folks do. They say you can't be saved. You couldn't have been saved in the Methodist Church. But I have some inside information on what really happened. And uh, uh, we had what we call presiding elders in the Methodist Church. They smoked a big long cigar, walked up and down the streets of the county seat town, and uh, made out like they had control of the whole religious world. They called me in, and they had a little stack of books about like that. And they said, now, if you're going to get anywhere in the Methodist church, you're going to have to uh, study these books. We'll give you a test on them, and uh, we want you to know you're going to do what we say, and when you get far enough along, we'll assign you somewhere to preach. You know, I was a country boy. Uh, I, I did well to learn my ABCs. I think I learned the multiplication tables through the threes. But I had sense enough to know I didn't want to get anywhere in some Methodist church or some denomination. My heart said, you want to get somewhere with God, you better obey Him and not listen to man. Listen, that's a truth, that's a principle 
That's a great truth in the Bible. We ought to obey God rather than man. And thank God there are some Christians. You know, they are, they are our examples. They are our models. In fact, the great church that was built uh, after Pentecost is the model church. It's not some church somewhere else. No great churches, there are. But the model church is the way it was done in the Bible, where people said, we cannot help but tell what we've heard and seen, and we are going to obey God, no matter what the cost is. Oh, i got so many, many preachers now more interested in how many bedrooms the parsonage has and um, how much the salary is and uh, uh, what the retirement is. I've known a lot of preachers said, you know, I just can't, I just can't afford to, to move from where I am because I'd lose my retirement. You know where most of them are? They're in, they're in heaven, I guess, because they've left this world. You know, there's something about obeying God. Gets God on your side and God for you and God helping you and God using you. We ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God in Christian conduct. You know, a lot of folks have determined they're going to do just as they please. Ah, uh, we've got these churches that tell people, now, you come to our church, you can wear what you want to. You can come, we give you three different morning hours that you can come. And you don't, you don't have to dress up. You come as you are. And listen, if you do, you're going to go home as you were. And I, I want to say to you, I don't believe in the contemporary church. You say, preacher, if you, if you change your methods, no, I'm not going to change something that's written down in the Holy Word of God. We don't want the world in the church. We want the people to come and get saved. We want to go to them and win them. We ought to obey God rather than man. Oh, listen, we have a lot of people that are not obeying God in their conduct. I believe that God wants people to do what God wants them to do and learn obedience. And my my. My grandparents and my sweet mother taught me an awful lot about obedience. They taught me an awful lot. They taught me if I didn't obey, there was a penalty to pay. And my, my brother, I had one, had one brother still living, and uh, my brother learned something when my grandparents and my mother would start whipping us. We had a peach orchard on the farm, but we never got, I never saw a peach. Uh, out of the orchard. My, my people kept pulling off the limbs and stripping off the leaves and, and taking us down behind the barn and wearing us out. But listen, I learned something about obedience. I started to say, my brother's smarter than I. He, he'd get up close to the one doing the whipping. And they'd just wrap it around and it didn't hurt him. I'd stand off over here and whimper and they'd beat me half to death all the time. But I learned obedience. I want to tell you, we need to learn obedience to God. There's some of you tonight not obeying God and giving your tithe to the Lord. And you make up all these silly things about that money's going to the preacher and I can't afford it and all of that. We must obey God rather than man, even if you're the man. We must obey God. We ought to obey the gospel. 
Now you're not saved by obedience. You're not saved by obeying the gospel. But I'm amazed at what the Bible says about obeying the gospel. We're saved by faith through grace. That's the one and only way. And religion is nothing. It's salvation. It counts. And it's all by faith. But I want to tell you, the Bible speaks about obeying the gospel. I read in Acts 6-7, a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. That is, they learned one way to be saved. That's trust Jesus. No more sacrifices. No more bloody offerings. Christ died on the cross for our sins. And we are to believe that. But the Bible teaches us we're to obey the gospel. Listen to the word. First, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Uh, you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. You see, God is saying, obey the gospel. That is, believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, that you might be saved. And over again in the Bible, we read in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. If it first begin at the house of God, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? We are to obey, not to be saved. But we are to obey what the Bible says the gospel is, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and nothing else. That's God's message. It's the message that's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. I held a meeting years ago when I was quite a young preacher, many years ago. I held a meeting where two men pastored the same church. Neither one of them agreed with each other. I stayed in their home. Strangest situation I ever saw in my life. Neither of them agreed with each other. But they were two men pastoring the same church. Each of them had a wife, of course, and um, these wives didn't agree with one another. And uh, I preached during that, during that service that when you get saved, you ought to get baptized. You see, you say, well, nothing about baptism in the gospel. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Paul said, first of all, I've delivered on you how that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he arose again. And Romans chapter 6, Paul talked about uh, being baptized into his death. You see, that, that business of being baptized is a part of the picture of what Jesus Christ has done for you and me. And one of those women, after I got preached on it, one of those wives said, You know, I know people, I know a man that's led a lot more souls to Christ than you've ever led. I said, Well, I'm sure there are lots of people led more than I have. And said, she said, I, I, I know this man knows a lot more about it than you do. I said, I'm sure there are a lot of people know a lot more about it than I do. But I, I do know that the Bible teaches when you get saved, get baptized. And she was, she was a wife of a so-called Baptist preacher and rebelled against getting baptized. And uh, the night the whole thing came to the head, she was having a special supper 
for the preacher as me. And I, I, I thought about it for a while. I, I said to myself, I don't know whether I want to eat what that woman's going to cook or not. She's so rebellious. She, do, she doesn't want to obey God. I was afraid it might be my last meal. And, um, but anyway, uh, I, I kept talking to her. And I knew the preacher. She said, one more soul than you have knows more about it than you do. And that, there are thousands of those, I'm sure. But um, none of his children ever got saved. And the history of that preacher is that all of his own family went to hell. Let me tell you, it's best to obey God. And not long after that meeting, uh, someone said, you remember where the two preachers were? Neither one of them agreed with each other. And the two wives were, and they were pastoring, so-called pastoring a church. You remember them? Yes. Said, well, uh, the, the lady and her husband who said... Uh, you can't, you're not supposed to tell people to get baptized and all of that. Um, uh, they are divorced. You know, you can't disobey God and everything just go right. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's obeying, disobeying God somewhere. Listen, we must obey God rather than man. And uh, it, it pays to obey God. You know, um, we ought to obey God in soul winning. I, I, I believe there's one way to do it, and that's go to the people and go where they are. You know, um, uh, Paul saw that vision in the night where a man from Macedonia said, Come over and help us. Don't write us a letter. Don't just drop us a track. That's, that's better than nothing. But you come on over. And that's what God wants. And our churches are filled with people that never go on visitation. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you if you don't uh, take part in visitation. Maybe that's not glamorous enough for you. But I tell you, it's the way God built churches. It's the way to obey God. It's to come on over where we are. Come and touch us. Come and love us. Come and tell us how to be saved. We must obey God rather than man. My, I mentioned my brother a little while ago. He's, uh, he took from the, uh, the Hargit side of the family. My mother was a Hargit. He was about six foot two, still living. Works every day. He's 22 months older than I am. He builds stone walls for people and all that kind of thing. And uh, my brother uh, came up to Pontiac to work for us, we had a Christian school and the college, and he started a football team. We, we, we didn't have very many uh, young men in the high school that could, even knew what a football looked like. But he started a football team, and he was a, a, a scholarship football player himself in college. He started a football team and started teaching boys how to play and how to live for the Lord and how to be honest and how to have character and so forth. And... Uh, uh, that little old football team, I, I'm getting off the track now, but usually I get back. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just keep getting further and further away. But uh, that little old football team was written up. We had young men, believe it or not, we had young men who made all state. We had 19 players on the squad. Some of you don't know whether uh, that makes any difference or not, but it takes 11 men to have a football team. 
I want you to know that. And the, you couldn't even scrimmage with 19 people. So my brother used to say, Tom, put on some old clothes and stand out there so these boys can knock you down. Oh, he, he did a great job. But there's something else about him. I'm thinking of it just yesterday. Uh, my brother came to me once and he said, Tom, there are two of the men of the boys who play on the football team who are not yet saved. I could give you their name tonight. Joe Hutto was one of them, and a man by the name of Don Isler. My brother said, Don and Joe are not saved. And he said, Tom, that's what it's all about. And God wants us to win people to the Lord more than he wants us to win football games. And he said, I want you to play for me. I want to win Don and Joe to the Lord. And he set out to win them to the Lord. It wasn't but a Sunday night or two. I saw him come down the aisle, and he was walking between two, two men, and he had his arms in theirs, and he came in, he knelt, and he led them to Christ. Both of them in later years moved away, one up north, one down south, and the one had no sooner got down south than they died. My brother said to me, Oh, Tom, I'm so glad. I, I, God put it on my heart to win those two people to the Lord. One of them's in heaven tonight. Oh, listen, it, it pays to obey God and put first things first and do what God says to do. I was calling recently. I go calling. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to infer that I haven't been in quite a while, but I was calling a little while ago and I went to a nursing home. Someone gave me a lady's name. Listen, I tell you, I could write books about little pieces of paper that people have given me in my lifetime about that big and somebody's name and address on it. I'm talking about someone that got saved out of Catholicism or some other kind of religion and won uh, hundreds of people to the Lord. And somebody gave me a name, said there's a lady over here in the nursing home, and uh, I'd like for you to go see her. So I went over see her and couldn't find her. People couldn't find her in the nursing home. She was missing. They couldn't find her. So I, I started to go, leave to go out of the nursing home and go home. And um, uh, I got down to where you go out, and it's a little darker there. And there was a lady sitting there in a wheelchair. And she said, um, uh, you're going out, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am. I looked for a lady and couldn't find her. She said, I'm probably the lady. I said, you getting ready to go out? I said, yes, ma'am, I'm, I'm going to leave. She said, when you go out, see, she, she couldn't do it herself. She's in a wheelchair. And she said, when you go out, I said, I want to get out of this place. I said, I never dreamed when my husband died, I'd wind up here. And it's so pitiful. I just... I stood there and looked at her and wept. She said, I want to get out. I said, can you help me to get out? So I talked to her a little bit about the Lord and how God could not only save her, but could watch over and take care of her. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? I'm glad that God can take care of old people. A lot of these scam people in the world, they, they, they center in on old people. They think we're so dumb. And some of us are pretty dumb. But we know better than a lot of these things. So I, I talked to her a little bit. And I said, uh, you know, the Lord loves you. He knows where you are. 
You're not missing with God. He said, well, I want to get out. I said, I can't help you get out, but I can help you get in. She said, I'm already in. And I talked to her enough to find out she wasn't saved. I said, I can't, I can't let you out. I get mad trouble. But I, I can help you get in. And it won't be any trouble at all. In a little while, she bowed her head and we prayed. She asked the Lord to come into her heart. I said, now, I'm going to go up here and tell the people where you are. She said, all right. But thank God she was saved. Listen, we better obey God. I want to tell you, God, God has something bad in store for people who disobey God. God is a God who chastises His own, whom He loves, it, who lo- He loves. We must obey God rather than man. I don't care what people say. Have you come to that place? That's a good place to come. It doesn't make a difference what people say to you. If you know what God wants you to do. Fellow said, you know, you, you Christians say same thing all the time. You say the same thing to people. You, you, you're a sinner, all in sin. Uh, he said, I know what you say. You say you're a sinner. Only way to be saved is trust the Lord. He said, if, if I were a doctor and I, I went in the hospital, I wouldn't give everybody the same dose of medicine. Old woman standing by, dear old lady, knew God. She said the doctor would if all of them had the same disease. Oh, listen, you, you don't, don't mess with people that, that talk to the Lord every day and read His Word and want to obey Him. 